0: Hello and welcome to Sierra Spills Podcast, a college girl's guide to breaking into the music industry. This week, I'm joined by Cole McCarthy, a cinematographer and content creator at Universal Music Group. Cole studied cinematography at the UCLA School of Film and Television under his mentor, William McDonald, ASC. At UCLA, Cole developed his own unique style of creating striking images with a knack for immersive camera movement. Today, Cole works as a content creator for UMG's Digital Studios team, where he works alongside some of the label's emerging artists. I'm so happy you're here today, Cole. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Okay, so I love to start every episode with my lightning questions. This is just the first thing that pops into your mind, a quick answer just to get to know you. You ready? Let's do it. Okay, awesome. What is the last song you listened to?
1: Uh, I think I listened to... uh... West Side Boogie's whole album on the way home. So
0: amazing! We love a good like car ride jam. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay, what is the first concert you ever went to?
1: First concert was They Might Be Giants as a small band. It was actually at UCLA, and I was about in fifth grade, I want to say, and I had no idea where I was, and then. Like sophomore year of college, I was in that room and I was like, oh my God, I was here. And that was a very formative experience. And I have a class in the room. It was very strange, but uh, yes, they might be giants.
0: That is so funny. What a 360 moment. (laughs) Who brought you your parents? Yes. Wow. Laying the foundations early. What was your first job?
1: First job was a video editor at uh, on the Sony lot in Culver City. I was in a division called Loot that did video game promotion, and I was doing uh, some of their teaser trailers.
0: That's a really cool first job. You know, mine was like waitress.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely skipped a step. I feel like <laughs> I never did like the cupcake shop or the, you know, the auto shop. It was more like a, a jump into the industry first and foremost.
0: Well, that's great. I mean, your resume was probably like you never had to edit it. You know, it's right off the start. You were ready to go. Yep. Last question. What embarrassing or funny song did you listen to on repeat as a child?
1: Name a Weird Al song and you're probably right. All the classics.
0: That's a really good answer. I think that was pretty formative in most children's <laughs> upbringing, but I would never think to make that my answer.
1: I discovered a lot of the music that I listened to afterward because Weird Al did a parody of it. Like I discovered Eminem through Weird Al's couch potato of Lose Yourself. And I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool beat. And I was like, who's this? And it's such a weird way to (laughs) to form your taste as a kid, but I feel like it worked.
0: Yeah. It's like kids Bop, but even more random.
1: (laughs) A hundred percent.
0: Well, let's just jump right into your professional career in the music industry and film. How did you get your start in filmmaking?
1: The short version is um, I didn't grow up with any like film or TV or video games whatsoever. My mom was very strict about that. And so the first stuff that I was like doing, like watching was kind of the stuff that I was making. So I didn't have any references. So I was just kind of in my room with my dad's like camcorder uh, doing like the Rube Goldberg machines when I was really little and I would film them. And then that kind of transitioned into um, me making horrible parody videos of my friends, which Honestly, probably was inspired by Weird Al as well. And then once I realized that uh, I was not good enough in front of the camera doing music, I figured I'd uh, trade it in and uh, be behind the camera full time.
0: That's really cool. So do you think that your style of filmmaking is inspired by the fact that you didn't really have anything to build on as a child?
1: Yeah, I I know that a lot of my friends in film school were like raised by Disney or something of that sort, like a formative childhood experience was like, you know, sitting down and watching and I didn't really have that. And I was very behind, honestly, when I got to film school. But yeah, I do think that um, yeah, it was definitely a way for me to create without boundaries. And I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. So (laughs) it was just kind of me just uh, messing up and continuing on i guess that's kind of how everyone did it but yeah i definitely think that the separation was unique to my story i mean it was, it was the reason i got into film school I'm, I'm almost sure i know that uh the people that were interviewing me were like oh yeah that's the kid who wasn't raised without film or tv you know i stuck out in that regard
0: i mean it's definitely a good story i'm sure most people in the film school did not hear it very often <laughs> yeah So now you work for the digital studios team at UMG. What kind of projects are you working on and what does your day-to-day look like?
1: Um, It's changed obviously with the pandemic. Um, I was brought onto the team post-grad at a very early stage in the production company and so we were really getting our feet on the ground and it was a lot of like pitch decks and kind of finding out where we fit in the industry and as kind of soon as the filming was starting to take off a little bit with like mini series and live series with artists that were kind of gaining footing, everything closed down. And now we're just kind of gaining our, our footing again. Um, I was just today testing a bunch of gear uh, that we had purchased for a new facility. And hopefully when everything gets back up and running, I will be the one on the ground doing those live performances and editing that sort of content.
0: That's so awesome. So you mentioned pitch decks and kind of the more business side. Did you learn that in film school or is that something you had to kind of learn on the job?
1: Definitely more learning on the job. Film school teaches you a lot of film theory and a lot of set etiquette and things like that. But I do think that they lack in the business side of things. And a lot of us graduate without knowing a lot of that stuff, at least at UCLA. Yeah, it was definitely something that I kind of faked it till I might've made it. (laughs) I, uh, yeah, it was a lot of me going back and forth with my boss being like, I don't think this is how you're supposed to do it. Maybe we should try this thing. And, and everyone's kind of learning what their job was on, on the team. And so it wasn't like I was the only one that was out of my elements. It was kind of nice to all learn together. I definitely think I still have a lot to learn when it comes to that aspect of filmmaking and just in the pitch decks themselves with the wording of things. I'm a very visual person. I'm not very good with the written word. I used to be, but uh, that was in 10th grade. <laughs> so yeah, definitely more of a visual guy, but hoping to gain a little more on the job once everything is back up and running.
0: So what is kind of like the percentage for you? How much of your work is businessy and how much is more actually creating projects and, and being a filmmaker?
1: I think a majority of my work as of now at UMG anyway is more creative than business side because they know my strengths and my weaknesses but it's also a lot more I don't think corporate is the right word but I'm basically taking someone's project and finishing it I'm kind of on the back end of the post production so I'm more editing than filming and if I am filming it's very a very specific task and you know someone is directing at UMG, it, it is still more creative. On the freelance side, I'm I'm really doing everything. So since the pandemic has stopped filming, UMG obviously hasn't had anything filming. So I've kind of taken upon myself, and I've always done freelance, but uh, I've taken it upon myself to very safely and with small crews still do freelance music videos, and that is me doing producing, directing, shooting costume, editing, you know, with the help of a small team. But that's kind of how I get most of my uh, industry experience on a smaller level is wearing all the hats.
0: It must be really awesome to have, you know, creative control of every single aspect of a shoot. What is your process when you're creating a music video or promotional materials?
1: Uh, So the caliber of artists that I'm working with on the freelance level really Um, they're still very much emerging and getting used to their sound. And usually they don't have a very specific idea of what their video is going to be like. And so it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, you know, (laughs) Um, because I get the song and they're like, Hey, let's make a video. And that's pretty much all that they put in other than maybe some feedback along the way. But then I come back with my pitch deck and I'm like, hey, how about we shoot on the beach with a classic car and, you know, make it a vintage twist on the song or, you know, film it in downtown LA at night um, and kind of build out a vague storyline from there and then kind of fill in the gaps as I go, because a lot of it is on set and uh, improvisation. A lot of things can uh, go wrong on set and you just kind of have to pivot but uh, yeah, definitely during COVID times, you have to plan as much as possible and make sure that the story is flushed out and have all your bases covered so that you can really focus on filming when you're on set. Because I've definitely been spread too thin. I've definitely like tried to wear the producer hat and the director hat and the cinematographer hat, and it's 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 definitely suffered because of that. So I'm I'm still learning about uh, you know delegating, and I have a really great team from film school that uh, helps me as well. So. Uh, yeah, I I think I answered most of that question.
0: Yes, yes, you did. Thank (laughs) you (laughs) with, this is more of a question I just wanted to ask, (laughs) um, but related to filmmaking. So with consumable content, basically moving towards shorter clips, we see, you know, a big rise in TikTok and Triller and reels and that whole trend. Do you think music videos are going to evolve to follow this or is there still value in a long form music video?
1: I definitely see music itself following the trend of TikTok and Reels with the get in, get out sort of feel. Personally, I don't enjoy it. I think it lacks, it it takes away from the deeper content because all of a sudden you just hear like 10 seconds of a song and then you're done. I separate the video side of that in my mind. I think there will always be a place for a music video for the duration of a song. And I think even if it's a song without a lot of content, and I definitely make some songs, some videos for some songs that don't really tell a story, right? That's kind of like more pop music. And I still think that with music videos, you can still push the envelope and make it visually interesting and make it a story that people will want to watch for more than you know, two minutes. That being said, I definitely enjoy when an artist comes to me with a song that's less than three minutes Um, because if if they want a three minute and 50 second song it's going to be very hard for me to capture an audience's attention for that long because yeah I think as for the intention span it's definitely shorter now that's undeniable yeah as for the long form content (laughs) long form content is like three minutes now (laughs) in music terms but I think it'll stay around but I definitely see the music changing
0: It was really interesting what you said about how like three minutes is the sweet spot for putting together a music video. Is there kind of like a formula or is is there kind of, you know, an A, B, C storyline that you usually follow when making music videos?
1: I think you should introduce a new aspect to the video, even if it's not story, Um, at least once a chorus. I guess that's the most formulaic thing I can offer because if the second chorus hits and you're watching the same exact thing, then you're like, oh, I know what the rest of the video is like, nothing new here. I'll just go listen to the freaking song. <laughs> like three times you should introduce something else, whether it's a new character or a new scene usually, um, or yeah.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting the way like music and video complement each other. I just find it so fascinating. So the The theme of this episode is unconventional paths, as I like to call it. So, essentially, you're someone who doesn't have a degree in music or music business, but you're working in the music industry. You could have worked anywhere in the entertainment industry. What made you choose music specifically?
1: I've always been involved in music, so it made sense. All my jobs have been music related and within the industry. So, it was kind of a gradual path once I graduated. I really don't think it's hindered me at all to not have a music or business degree. Maybe, maybe a business minor could have helped me out a little bit, but I definitely don't think that my my lack of like technical music ability uh, has hindered me in any way. I definitely am a student of the industry and of music in general. It's very close to my heart. I I casually play. And I understand the emotions behind it. And I think that's kind of the essence of what saved me.
0: (laughs) It sounds like you have always been interested in music. Was this something that was a passion in the back of your brain? You know, you kind of knew I'm interested in film, but I also want to pursue music too. Or is it something that just kind of came about?
1: Yeah, I think it's a, a classic of I know I'm not good enough to do this full time. So let's just be around it. And it kind of married with my passion of, oh, wow, I really like being behind the camera and making someone else's song come to life or make someone else's story. Side, side note, music documentary is also very interesting to me and not just the music video part, but, you know, following an artist's journey, I think is always riveting content. Uh, It's definitely not a new passion. I was raised with music in the household and, you know, did the whole, Piano lessons when I was a kid and then picked up the guitar, learned on YouTube, a little bit of ukulele, a little bit of singing. It's so easy to put you in a different mindset with music. I think it's the easiest thing to change a mood. With videos, you're just expanding on that idea and it's really fun, (laughs) candidly.
0: Yeah, it sounds really fun. So, speaking of music documentaries, just on a personal note, is there any that you would really recommend? Some of your favorites? Ooh, you can Google it if you want.
1: (laughs) It's um the defiant ones, Jimmy Iovine, Dr. Dre, four-part series, blew my mind. So well done. It was a lot of stories that I had heard of but hadn't, you know, dived into. And then I watched it in college, and then I interviewed for my job. And my boss's name is Chris Jenkins. And he's like a really renowned sound engineer and sound mixer. And I looked on his IMDb and he was the sound engineer for the documentary. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) So it was definitely a full circle moment.
0: Awesome. Love the suggestion. So do you ever get starstruck like with when your boss was interviewing you or do you think you stay pretty level-headed on the job? In
1: that regard, I definitely, I, I wasn't like super awestruck uh, in person I definitely like have worlds of respect for him I, I keep it cool on the outside yeah I, I've definitely you know in this industry you're going to rub shoulders with people that you are on your Spotify which is always like an amazing feeling it's kind of cool because I have the camera in between me and the artist so it's never like an awkward like just hey uh, I, like, I like your music it's always like hey let's do something hey I have this I can do this for you and then at the end if if there is a moment then you kind of acknowledge the fact that i don't even like to do that honestly i just kind of like to keep it professional and uh if it's very genuine moment then i'll kind of hint at the fact that the music is meaningful to me but yeah in this in this profession it's it's very frowned upon to kind of geek on your artists and i guess i've 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 stayed i've steered clear of that
0: that's good. I mean, it's really good advice, honestly, to to kind of learn to build a wall, <laughs> even when you're freaking out on the inside.
1: Exactly. And then if you have those like repeated interactions with an artist and they recognize you, and then you can kind of build a genuine relationship. And, you know, artists themselves are just so closed off inherently because everyone they meet wants something from them. And if you can be that person who just kind of offers them things and doesn't kind of be like, Hey, can I take a picture? Hey, can I, you know, I think the interactions will be more genuine and it'll help you more long-term.
0: Totally agree. Going back to working in the music industry, being a cinematographer, is there any challenges you faced as someone who didn't have a music business degree? I know you touched on it a little bit. You wish you had learned more about the business side of film too. Was there anything else or, you know, a specific challenge you faced?
1: Uh, I think the challenge is always working with higher caliber artists and with bigger budgets. I think on a freelance side, I'm still kind of learning and building a portfolio and kind of gaining a footing in the industry. And I'm still young. Like I, I have miles and miles to go. Uh, I'm by no means anywhere near where I want to be. So yeah, overcoming those hurdles of building up and out and not stagnating and not doing the same video for the same amount of money is always a challenge. And it will continue to be a challenge, but uh, I'm definitely up for it. So <laughs> at least there's that.
0: Where do you want to be? Do you have a, a goal video or a goal artist you want to work with someday? Uh,
1: my goal is not to have a nine to five. That's my goal. <laughs> that That's a short term goal, I guess. But uh, long term, I would love to travel a lot for work and kind of work when I want and don't work when I don't want. That would be incredible just as like a vague goal to have. I think, yeah, working with larger artists on documentaries and maybe make the transition into commercial and narrative. I've also done a bit of both. It's definitely not just music content that I make. And so I think the cool thing about this being a cinematographer is that you can dive into any world you want, any world is offered to you at least. And that doesn't even have to be music so i'm definitely looking forward to the to the time in my career where i can do like a commercial for you know jeep and then i can go and do a documentary about northern alaska and then go down to south africa and film a music video like that sounds heavenly <laughs> to put
0: it simply yeah, it, it does, honestly, to me too, just to be able to have creative control to pick the projects you want and not have to do the same thing all the time, which, I mean, I'm sure working with different artists, they have different styles and different visions, but to truly have creative control over what you're creating is amazing.
1: Yeah, here's the hoping.
0: So for someone who wants to follow in your footsteps, are there any experiences, internships, projects you would suggest for students who aren't music majors, but want to work in the music industry for a major label such as UMG or at an indie company?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing that everyone says, but it's just not, it's not going to fall on your laps. You need to go run and get it. I definitely loved my experience at 1824, uh, the college content team at UMG it threw you in every imaginable position and was like here sink or swim uh and it was definitely a challenging job but finding something like that where it's uh has a lot of variety and you meet a lot of people that's the big thing i mean i touched on it before with the networking but just meet a lot of people (laughs) It's, it's kind of as simple as that meet a lot of people and then maintain the connection that's the hard part i've met a lot of people i'm still learning about how to you know maintain connections and kind of see them through because there are some people that I met way back that just hit me up on Instagram like, hey, I remember you, let's make something. Like I have this project and I would love it if you could come on for two days. So it's a lot of, you know, remembering names and faces and making sure that you are remembered for your work ethic first and foremost. And uh, in terms of like being on set, just like being a pleasure to work with. I definitely pick people on my sets that are, I pick personality first and then talent second, which is like kind of crazy. But when you're on sets like that, they're demanding, you need to be having fun or else what the hell are you doing? So, wow, that was a weird tangent, but I guess, uh, (laughs) yeah, um, yeah. Network, make sure that your work is noticed and don't be an asshole.
0: Yeah. That's the number one advice that I, I'm a music industry major and all the guests, speakers, you know, all the professors, that's the number one piece of advice is basically how you are as a human being first before your skills. So it's, it's good to see that that translates as well to yeah. film.
1: And it's, and it's kind of comforting too, right? It's like, Hey, maybe you don't know everything, but are you a nice person? Yes cool, maybe you can get a job. <laughs> it's like kind of as simple as that, I think. Yeah, I definitely have worked with some talented assholes that I'm not going to hit up again. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm currently working with people who don't know what they're doing, but I love to have them around and I know they're fast learners. So double-sided coin, I guess.
0: So you said you're still learning, but do you have any advice or tricks and tips you've picked up along the way for maintaining relationships with people?
1: Instagram. It's a love-hate relationship with social media, and it always will be. It's so horrible and wonderful, but I think it is a necessary tool in today's day and age because everyone's on it all the time. If you stay engaged and you are involved in other people's, you know, I'm involved in their lives, that sounds creepy, but on the periphery, uh, checking in here and there, I definitely, with artists that I like, I will hit them up personally and be like, hey, how's it going? Like, what you working on? I'm interested as a person to know Like what's up with you? And I think that really speaks for itself because it, again, just make the relationship authentic and the rest will follow and kind of fall into place. I actually have a, I have a Google spreadsheet right now of directors and DPs and musicians that I want to hit up and why I want to hit them up. And I have like a giant list that I have not touched yet and I'm scared to do it because I still have the full-time job, but I'm probably gonna go down the list and kind of make and make sure that I tailor make every message personally for that person, and kind of see where that takes me. Also, compliment people. People love to hear that they're great. I've have I've worked with artists that are they're trash, <laughs> um, but you got to be like, yeah, oh, it's so so good. <laughs> um, and then you'll get to work with artists that are that are good. So, yeah, I don't know.
0: No, it's good advice and I really love the spreadsheet idea. I'm going to have to try that myself. <laughs> but I'm the same way with Instagram. Like the best thing I ever did was just repost people's things on my story. Like every time they have a new project, I'm like, "Oh yeah, sure. Like it's going on my story." Like I barely know you. That's fine, you know?
1: Totally. Yeah, and it kind of puts them puts you on their radar.
0: Just show you're involved, you're interested. So yeah, I I love it. That's really good networking advice that I think sometimes doesn't really get touched upon because it's really like a, a new thing as, you know, Gen Z millennials begin their networking process. It's a good way to to make connections in a more natural way than just walking up to someone at a panel and being like, oh, hello, my name is Sierra. What is your name?
1: To be fair, that also works in, in kind of having the courage to walk up to someone and make sure that you either get a card or, or give a card or just like link on Instagram. Uh, I definitely think the in-person thing is also super important. But yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a lot of Instagram as well. And I know know that a lot of like people that are in their 40s are not going to be doing that, but it's how we operate and got to lean into it.
0: Yes, definitely. Bringing it all the way back to 1824, (laughs) which you worked at while you were still in college. Do you think that a filmmaker who wants to work in the music industry or who's even considering it should have music industry experience like 1824 before they graduate? Or is it just important to have good technical skills and good networking skills?
1: Uh, It's better to start early. So the earlier, the better. And the more people you can meet the earlier in your career, the better off you're going to be when you graduate. If you have an opportunity to work at a place like 1824 that involves meeting a lot of people, 100% go for it. I can't thank that job enough looking back on it. So definitely a formative experience and definitely something that people should To seek out.
0: Okay. So it is time officially for the closing question. This is my favorite question. (laughs) You ready? Yes. Okay. So what is one piece of advice that you received or you wish you had received when you first started working in the music industry or the entertainment industry?
1: I'll probably sound like a broken record because I've just touched on this so much, but it's, it's kind of twofold. It's, you have to make the first move Uh, because sitting back isn't going to do anything. And that entails the networking aspect, because I mean, as an 18 year old, I didn't do that. I was like, if anything came my way, I'd be like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. But I wasn't being uh, offensive. If I had been kind of more proactive about it, I think I would be in a better off position now. It's never too early to start. And honestly, the first couple of projects are going to be bad. I look back on my music videos, I look back on music videos that I did six months ago. And I'm like, that was trash. You have to do it to mess up to improve. The more you do that, the the stronger your your skill set will become. Just do stuff. Don't not do stuff. <laughs> do stuff.
0: Well, I appreciate the wisdom. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cole. This has been an amazing episode. I've loved all your advice. I really appreciate you taking some time to talk with me today.
1: Absolutely. I'm I'm so glad that this came about, and uh, I can't wait to hear the final product.
0: Thank you again, Cole. And that's all for today. Thanks for listening to Sierra Spills podcast.